Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 24 called The Shepherd Psalms. Let's go back to the beginning just for a second. I gave you the backdrop, told you a little bit about the psalm. It opens with the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, Psalm 24, 1, the world and those who dwell in it. If you're uh, taking notes and you like to do headings, three major sections. The first is praise to God who is the creator and sovereign of the world, or you could just write his universal dominion. His universal dominion. God is sovereign over everything. The earth, the planet we live on, is whose? It's the Lord's. And how much? And all that it contains, and just in case we missed it, the world and the people too, those who dwell in it. This is a declaration. The world is the Lord's. Psalm 50, 10 and 11 says, Every beast of the forest is mine, God speaking, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains, everything that moves in the field is mine. Ezekiel 18, 2 says, All souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins will die. It's funny, when little kids are growing up, they like to say, Mine, mine, mine. And we saw a debate last night that sounded a lot like that. Mine, 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 mine. I'm not going to let you talk it. Mine. And God says, hey, I got news for you. It's mine. See, all this stuff, the planet you walking on, the air you're breathing, the dirt you walk on, the water you drink, the air you breathe, the circulatory system that you don't got to think about that's pumping blood through your organs and veins and so forth and so on. Eyes you can look out through, a nose that you can smell through, taste buds. Can I get a witness? Taste buds. He didn't have to give us taste buds, but he did. Praise the Lord. And God says, mine, mine, mine. Not yours. And if you want to know the biblical term for this idea, it's that you and I are stewards. A steward is someone who manages somebody else's stuff. And by the way, everything, that includes your possessions, your children, your spouse, everything you have is simply on loan. And you're going to have it for whatever time God gives it to you, and then you're not. This world is not yours It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. It's all his. And once you have that worldview certain in your heart, it will take care of a lot of problems. Because when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and you understand that everything you have here is just simply on loan, the breath in your lungs, etc., etc., You don't freak out about every single little thing that you're trying to control. Mine, mine, mine. Nope, ain't yours. It just ain't. 
you're going to leave it to somebody else. And so the more that we can just have our hands open to the ultimate sovereign, the better off we will be. Now on a positive side, listen to Isaiah 43.1. Now says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I love that. That's Isaiah 43.1. And the Lord has claimed us for his own. So on the positive side, we've been adopted into God's forever family. Praise the Lord. And all that is his actually is mine. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, but I realize that the only reason I'm going to be a co-heir with Christ is because I've been redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, right? Amen. How would you answer this question? The earth is whose? If you can answer that the earth is the Lord's, then you have what we would call a biblical worldview. Just think for a moment. Think about the average citizen out there somewhere tonight. What do you think they think about this? Now, we hear people talking about Mother Earth, and we hear people talking about, you know, uh, humanism thinks that the center of everything is man. But that's not what the Bible teaches. And it gets proven thousands of times a day as man perishes and God remains. He, God... The reason we could say that the earth is the Lord's and all it contains is because he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. The reason that the earth belongs to God is because God made the earth. He founded it. He's the founder of the company. <laughs> and he established it. And Colossians 1 says he also sustains it by the word of his power. I was out playing golf one day, which I do fairly regularly, and I got a chance to meet a new guy, and we, we ended up playing together. And I asked him about, you know, just where he was spiritually, and he said, you know, uh, I'm not quite sure. And I said, do you believe there's a creator? Can you look all around and believe this happened by chance? And he goes, no, he goes, there's got to be a supreme being. Look at all this design. Look at our eyes, our bodies. Look at nature. Look at all the species. There's got to be a supreme being. I said, did you know that the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ, the baby that was born in Bethlehem, and I think it was coming close to Christmas when I was interacting with this guy, that, that baby who was born in Bethlehem, the Bible says that he's the creator did you know that the creator is also the savior of the world? And he, he was a little bit taken back by it. I said, the Bible teaches that Jesus made everything. In fact, it says all things were created by him and for him. And without him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life. And that life is the light of men. So he was thinking and I think it's an interesting one-two punch to kind of argue from how the creation testifies that there's a creator and then go right to Jesus. By the way, the creator is Jesus. All things were created by him, for him, through him. If you're interested on more on that, Genesis 1, 1 through 3, John 1, 1 through 5, 
and Colossians 1, 15 through 18. This founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers, this poetic language, but it goes back to this idea of Genesis. So go back just for a moment because I want to just show you really quick where the language comes from. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created... Oh, you got to know it. What did he make? The heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. If you're having problems finding Genesis 1-1, we have a class for you. <laughs> the darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And uh, God then declares stuff about light, which you've read. Let's go down just for our study after the second day, it says, God said, 9, Genesis 1, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place and the, let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. This was caused, says, MacArthur, by a tremendous cataclysmic upheaval of Earth's surface and the rising and sinking of the land, which caused the waters to plunge into the low places, forming the seas, the continents, and the islands, the rivers, and the lakes. Amazing. Job 38.8 says, Who enclosed the sea with doors when bursting forth it went out from the womb? When I made a cloud its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, I placed boundaries on it, God speaking, Job 38.10. I set a bolt and doors. It's poetic, but it's God as creator. And I said, thus far you shall come, ocean, no farther. And here shall your proud waves stop, Job 38.8-11. When Jesus was in his earthly ministry, one of the miracles that he did over nature, if you go back to Psalm 24, is he quieted the sea. He hushed the storm. He said to it, peace, be still. And the storm went, okay. (laughs) And the disciples said, what kind of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? And the Bible says they worshiped him. See, they knew that this language was about God, that only God had the power to still the sea. It's just another evidence in the New Testament that Jesus is God. You know, I know sometimes people say, well, there's not a ton of verses directly saying Jesus is God. There's enough. But there's other verses that clearly declare he's God by the powerful signs that he does which that add layers to the ones that declare that he is God directly. Amen. Psalm 33, 6 says, The word of the Lord, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps in storehouses. When God did the miracle of the crossing of the Jordan River in Joshua uh, 3 and 4, It says that the river was at flood stage. And if you look at the topography of the land at that time, flood stage meant the priests who were carrying the ark, if they took one step into the water, they probably would be in over their head, literally. 
And when God did that miracle, it actually says that he stopped the river so that the waters were in a heap. He actually like put a pause on the rushing river and held the waters until probably more than a million people crossed into Jericho. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on four radio stations in Southern California, Arizona, Idaho, and Utah, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. Our program has also reached listeners in 49 countries. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth's presence on radio and podcast, and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness. Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener supported and to expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support is about 25%. Can you give a one-time tax-deductible donation today? Please visit walkintruth.com to donate online or get the mailing address. That's walkintruth.com. If you just tuned in, then you missed the first half of today's edition of Walk in Truth. That's okay. You can listen to this episode and many others whenever it's convenient for you on your free Living Truth app. Walk in Truth is also on your favorite podcast app. Simply search for and subscribe to Walk in Truth on apps like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and many more. Listening to a podcast as well as radio is a great way to get some time in the Word when you're walking, catching up on some work, or if you're like me and just need to listen to some Bible teaching while getting ready in the morning. Remember, you can find Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. See, they knew that this language was about God, that only God had the power to still the sea. It's just another evidence in the New Testament that Jesus is God. You know, I know sometimes people say, well, there's not a ton of verses directly saying Jesus is God. There's enough. But there's other verses that clearly declare he's God by the powerful signs that he does, which that add layers to the ones that declare that he is God directly. Amen. Psalm 33, 6 says, The word of the Lord, by the word of the Lord the heavens were made, by the breath of his mouth all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps in storehouses. When God did the miracle of the crossing of the Jordan River in Joshua uh, 3 and 4, it says that the river was at flood stage. And if you look at the topography of the land at that time, flood stage meant the priests who were carrying the ark, if they took one step into the water, they probably would be in over their head, literally. And when God did that miracle, it actually says that he stopped the river so that the waters were in a heap. He actually like put a pause on the rushing river and held the waters until probably more than a million people crossed into Jericho. That's the power of God. Let me just ask you, is that your God? 
Is that who you believe that God the Son is when he entered into the world and he was God in human flesh? That's what the Bible teaches us, that our God is powerful and majestic. More could be said, but let's go to the second heading that I'd like to give you. We talked about God's sovereign control over the world. The question, who can approach the Lord and stand before him? In light of who he is, Psalm 24, verse 3, we might ask the question, this powerful being who says light be and light is and separates dry land from seas and has this cataclysmic power and can speak creation into existence, what's called ex nihilo, out of nothing. He didn't have to borrow the matter. He created that too. What kind of being are we dealing with? And if this is who he is, how might I hang out with him? <laughs> Sorry to put it that way, but you get what I'm saying. How could I stand before him in his presence if that's who we're dealing with here? A God this powerful who may ascend into the hill of the Lord. Remember, David is our author. Who may stand in his holy place? Now, I gave you the backdrop of 2 Samuel 6, so you could see that when David wrote this song, and maybe he wrote it in the aftermath of the Uzzah incident in 2 Samuel 6, this is part of what I think David is getting at. He watches God kill Uzzah because they do everything wrong with the ark. And David might be saying, here's the sweet psalmist of Israel, a man after God's own heart, someone who probably knew the Lord as well as anybody maybe in history. And he said, I don't, I'm afraid. I'm angry. I'm afraid. Maybe I don't fully understand who this God is. And I'm afraid to take this ark to myself because I don't know what's going to happen. Now, we know that they handled it wrong in terms of moving the ark, but I think that is the issue before us. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? This is Spurgeon. It is uphill work for the creature to reach the Creator. <laughs> Where is the mighty climber who can scale the towering heights? Nor is it height alone, it is glory too. Whose eye shall see the king in his beauty and dwell in his palace? In heaven he reigns most gloriously. Who shall be permitted to enter into his royal presence? God has made all, but he will not save all. There is a chosen company who shall have the singular honor of dwelling with him in his high abode. These choice spirits desire to commune with God and their wish shall be granted them. The solemn inquiry of the text is repeated in another form. Who shall be able to stand or continue there? Who casteth away the wicked? Who then can abide in his house? Who is he that can gaze upon the Holy One and can abide in the blaze of glory of his glory, says Spurgeon? Certainly none may venture to commune with God upon the footing of the law, but grace can make us meet to behold the vision of the divine presence. The question before us is one which all should ask for themselves and none should be at ease till they have received an answer of peace with careful self-examination, let us inquire. Spurgeon in his typical beautiful style says, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? In the book of Jude, which is just one chapter Jude celebrates with what's called a benediction, like a closing prayer. He says, Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, Jude 24, 
and make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, authority, before all time and now and forever. Amen. We're going to stand before God, Jude 24, one day blameless with great joy. See, that's the only way we're going to ascend the hill of the Lord. Amen? Is we're going to be cloaked in the righteousness of the Messiah. And this is a messianic psalm. It's about the Messiah. Now, a close cousin to this psalm is Psalm 15. Just flip back just a few pages. Psalm 15. Same question is asked. Same author. It's a psalm of David. It's five short verses, and it says, O Lord, who may abide in thy tent? A psalm of David, Psalm 15. Who may dwell on thy holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness, speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He does not put out his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. Back to Psalm 24. And David kind of repeating this idea of who can ascend the hill. He says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, Psalm 24, 4, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood, is not sworn deceitfully. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, the pure in heart shall see God. However, I don't know if you noticed this, but I think we're all in some trouble. Because I don't know about you, but having clean hands and a pure heart has not been the story of my entire life. How about yours? We just sang a song, and it's a good song. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not give our soul to another, which I think comes from these psalms. But notice what the singer is saying. He's saying, give it to us, because from within my own strength, it ain't there. Now, you might say, well, it's getting better. <laughs> uh, you might be singing with the Beatles. Is it, was it the Beatles? It's getting better all the time. Better. Sorry, but anyway, <laughs> but, <laughs> but even though it's better, it's not where it needs to be. In fact, I often look at my own heart and say, like Jeremiah, my heart is desperately sick. Who can understand it? You've been listening to The Shepherd Psalms for Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 24. Remember, Walk in Truth is on podcast apps like iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Stitcher, and many more. So you can listen to Pastor Michael's teaching whenever you want. If you're already listening to Walk in Truth on Apple Podcast, please give the podcast a rating. More good ratings means the greater the possibility that new listeners will find the podcast. Thank you for rating Walk in Truth. And remember, if you have not already done it, search and subscribe to Walk in Truth wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, Happy New Year. We're at Psalm 24 talking about the King of Glory, and it is so awesome to know that He is on the throne 
and the King of glory rules and reigns. Just wanted to tell you a very happy new year to all of you who are listening family. Hey, and if you're new to Walk in Truth, welcome aboard. We're so glad that you're listening. We're praying that you're blessed by the content and that you are going to have a blessed 2021. It's good to have 2020 behind us. And we pray that you have a blessed 2021. Tell a friend about what you're hearing. And hey, I'd like to invite you to our Wednesday night service at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor. Now, the service is every Wednesday at 7 p.m., and we're going through the book of Psalms right now. And we're airing some of those messages, and you could hear one of those live when you come and join us at Living Truth, which is at 1009 Arsenal Way in the city of Corona, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. You can get all the information when you go to walkintruth.com. We'll catch you right here tomorrow, Lord willing, for more in Psalm 24. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your financial gift helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture please consider becoming a monthly partner too, or give a one-time tax-deductible donation. Please visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. Or you can write a check and mail your gift to Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's message in Psalm 24 in the mini-series called The Shepherd Psalms. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.